I'm Michelle Ely from the Starling Tribune, an Arrow TV show fan podcast, part of the Gunna Geek Network, just like the show you're checking out now. Shows on the network are individually owned, and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other amazing geeky shows at GunnaGeekNetwork.com. Welcome to episode 206 of Better Podcasting. On this show, we go over ways we planned to podcast a little differently. In this week's Better Podcasting Download, we discuss packs, but not the pipe packs. And finally, in this week's Better Podback, we round up this week's feedback from the community with somebody who is taking our lead from a couple episodes ago. More like your lead, SP. Lauren, start the show now. Welcome to Better Podcasting. With a combined history of over a thousand episodes and starting as early as 2008, we are hobby podcasters through and through, just like you. That's why we are different. We minimize the money talk so that you can focus on building a better podcast. Here are the hosts for the show, Stephen John Drew and Stargate Pioneer. Welcome to an all new episode of Better Podcasting. I am Stephen John Drew and I am pleased to say that SP is here to save my bacon again this week. Save it, SP. Yeah, so for those of you that can't tell by Steven's voice, because he can't magically fix it in post, he's got a little cold going on. So what he's done is he's brought me on board today to provide him with a little cold medicine so that he can enjoy the weekend. That's my favorite type of cold medicine that you were holding up for the audio listeners. It was bourbon. Actually, no, it was rum, but okay, okay, whatever you want. Fair enough. I didn't know what it was. (laughs) Anyway, this is are slightly delayed recording for those that are live because Steven just couldn't go a couple of days ago because when you're sick, you just don't want to be on the microphone. But for those that listen to us later, we're still here. We're still on time. So thank you very much for downloading the show. In the meantime, what we do on every single show that we start is a how I saved my podcast story or how I could have saved my podcast story. Steven, which one do we have today? We have a How I Save My Podcast story. Now, you're going to be saying, wait a minute. This guy sounds so familiar. He feels like he's the better half of better podcasting. And you would be right because SP is back with another edition of How I Save My Podcast. And I like this because this here is something that Detective SP came out to find out what was happening here. I've actually in the background had a little chat with SP as he encountered this issue, as he put on his detective cap and he looked to see what was wrong and he's going to tell you all about what went wrong and how he fixed this podcast. This happened this week on Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. 306. It's episode 306. We're doing a little rundown of Cloak and Dagger. It was just Haley and myself this week because our other two co-hosts were out for the week anyway. This time, the say How We Save My Podcast story pertains to Haley. What happened was when I got the file back from her, it was only about 44 minutes of the entire 49 minute recording from end to end. Now, the end product is less than that because I've edited it, but the raw file was supposed to be 49 minutes. I only got 44 minutes of it. And yeah, as you know, that's a little oops, especially when you're doing multi ending because her track ended before the show ended. Now, what happened here 
Uh, first of all, I save my podcast because I record locally. I record the other end and I record my track. We also would have a YouTube track and a Spreaker track, which we would have been able to save the final five minutes or so of the podcast. But I just used her track that I recorded on my end, my quote unquote local track. We'll just put that in quotes, my local track. And I was able to save the podcast. It's published. It's out there. You can listen to it. But here's what happened. Haley's H5 just paused. It, it just stopped recording. And I'm like, okay, what did you do? What did you do, Haley? Did you touch it? She's like, I don't know. I don't think I did. So what we had to do is we had to go back to the tape. I knew the exact moment that the recording stopped because, of course, the track ends. I'm like, okay, what happened? I was fortunate enough to be able to go back to the video recording, which was on YouTube, and I saw what was happening. So I was speaking along the way here. And then all of a sudden, Haley reaches over. I don't know what she reached over for, a water bottle, maybe a cat knocked something over in front of her. I don't know, but she reached over. And as she was reaching over, her shoulder touches her H5. And you can clearly see the record button was solid before she reached over. And after she reached over, it's blinking. So what happened? Obviously, her shoulder must have touched this recording button on the H5. And when you touch the record or the play pause button, and that caused the recording to pause and it stopped recording. And she just stopped the recording after the recording was over, after the podcast was over. And to her, it's like, hey, it's just over. I must have gotten everything. But if you're taking a look at the video side of things, you would have seen the event as I was describing it. I'm also holding in my hand my H5, which is identical to her H5. What happened was her shoulder touched this button, the play pause button, and it caused it to pause and it started blinking. Afterwards, there was a several minute discussion between us like, OK, what does it mean when the button's uh, blinking? We didn't know. So we went into the manual. We couldn't find it in the manual, actually. So I dug out my H5 and I replicated the problem. I'm like, yep, that's what happened. You pause the recording. So then I was like, oh, crap, I don't have her track. And her audio had been cutting in and out, had been digitizing a little bit. And later we found out that since she moved, she's no longer on a hard connection. She is on Wi-Fi. So that's reduced connectivity. That's reduced quality that results from that from time to time back to the other end, in this case, me. So yes, the final five minutes are a little reduced quality, but the entire thing is there. It's all good. I saved the podcast and we move on from there. So if you have a How I Saved My Podcast story, please get it to us. You can email us, podcast at betterpodcasting.com. We would love an audio clip or as I showed a demonstrated video clip and we can play it on our next show. And we can also recommend your show because of course we're going to promote your show you're supporting our show we're going to support your show for the audio listener again if you didn't catch that sp actually had a demonstration of when this happened while we were talking about it right now and uh i gotta give Haley credit here because she noticed she bumped it and in the clip you can see she looked but she just didn't recognize the the blinking light and i don't blame her because it's a subtle difference between the two but uh good on her for recognizing it and looking uh, that is a podcaster right there realizing the potential mistake. Way to go, Haley. 
So please send that How I Save My Podcast story to us, especially if you have a video clip, because we want to have you featured on our show here. Let's talk. Podcasting is difficult. I know what you're saying. Holy cow. You've never said before this on the show. Well, guess what? We've said it about 4,367 times on the show already. I know I've checked the transcripts, but it can be a fantastic way to exercise that creativity and work your problem solving mind. I know we've never demonstrated that on the show either. Uh, hold on, SB. Uh, we, we clearly have talked about that before. What? What do you mean? We when? literally have a segment that you just finished doing about problem solving. Literally, it's called How I Save My Podcast. I have no idea what you're talking about there, Stephen. What do you mean? No, no, no. It's most definitely the case. We start every show with it, contrary to what some people want. Oh, I see. That the how I say that little segment that we say how we've actually made our podcast or our listeners yes. say how they made their podcast. That literally demonstrates every week how there's problem solving involved in podcasting. Literally. Okay. okay. Anyway, <laughs> what I was saying was that podcasting can offer some really good opportunities to work your creativity to keep your show going. Over the years, we've had some fun stories of ways that we've planned in order to keep our shows moving forward. And today, we do want to share some of those. In fact, just the other week, live viewers and listeners to this show probably heard Steven share one of the stories that he's going to tell a little bit later. And that's one of the things that gave us inspiration for today's topic. So how does this topic vary from our How I Save My Podcast story? Contrary to what I said before, I know we have a How I Save My Podcast story. Our How I Save My Podcast is traditionally when something goes wrong and then we have to fix it. A lot of the times it's in recording. Sometimes it's before or after that. Today, we're going to talk about some situations that we planned in advance to keep our show going. As we go through, we'll share some key takeaways and some things we do differently if we are going to do them over today. Steven's going to start off with the first story. And I call this one, Gonna Geek Show Little Kids Wife Sick. Ooh, tease, tease. So the summary was that we were doing an episode of the official GunnaGeek.com show and my kids were, were little. They were a little self-sufficient, old enough to entertain themselves with some assistance, but not old enough to leave in a room by themselves playing video games for an hour and a half at a time for extended periods. Now, what happened was the day of recording, my wife came down with a pretty bad sickness. And as such, it would be best if she was in bed resting. And uh, there was a variety of circumstances. You don't need to know what the, that that's the summary of it. Now, the Gunna Geek Show, if you're not familiar, is a podcast that myself, SP, and a fellow named Chris Farrell do, and it's just like this one. It's a full video produced show. Each week, we summarize a variety of news points, talk about them, chat a little bit, and have a segment that we each take on, and uh, each week we rotate through that. Well, the challenge was, as I said, had kids sick in another room, and I couldn't really dedicate myself down to here for sure for an extended period of an hour and a half. So I had an idea. What I could do for this full video produced show is I could leave the room and come back. And that's what I decided I was going to execute on. I would set it up so that I could have myself on the screen, comment, leave, hang out with the kids, come on back. 
but I had to figure out the technical solution. So what I did was first off, I looped my co-host SP and Chris into this, and I made sure they knew what I was going to be doing for the night. And I set up the screen so that there was a screen where it was just the two of them on. And I prearranged with them so that when I was off screen, I would be on that and they would know, don't toss it to me. <laughs> Make sure that you know I'm not by my computer right now. But I still needed to pay attention. How would I know what was going on? How would I get involved? How would I continue to podcast when I should be not podcasting? And my solution was to remote in co to my computer from my laptop and that remote access software had audio listening capabilities so I could hear the stream that was happening. I could also see what was happening as well. So what I did was I started by delivering my news point, rearranged everything so I would be the first one to deliver it so that I would get what I was talking about out of the way and then toss it over to Chris and SP to talk. I brought my laptop upstairs, and I continued to video switch because I had the remote access capability. So it still looked like a full video show. I would hop regularly between Chris and SP, keeping on the single frame. And then occasionally I would come back down to my chair, sit down, go to the screen that showed all three. So they knew I was there and they would know that I had something to inject. Sometimes it would just be as simple as me essentially audio nodding. Sometimes it would be a little bit more but that's what I did. And it kind of bridged the gap. And then I came down at the end as well so that I could go and uh, walk out the show. My takeaway on this was number one, loop in my host right away. Needed to loop them in so that they knew what was going on and also felt comfortable with the concept of what I was doing. Also, I made sure to really read the document ahead of time. A lot of times when we have a document, what a lot of times with the show, we have a document where we put our news points in there. And a lot of us likes to like to just surface read it so we can have our reactions a little more hot, a little more lively. And so when I did this episode, I really read it in detail so that I could act like I knew what was going on when I wasn't always paying full attention. So that was another thing that I had was really prep for the show going forward, making sure that I knew exactly what was going to happen. Now, what would I do differently if this was the case? Well, if I was to do it today, first off, my kids are older, so it wouldn't be as much of a concern now because they are able to go and play video games for an hour and a half. But putting that aside, I'd probably do it pretty similar just with a few different tech enhancements. Number one, I have a little bit more tech now and uh, I might use wireless headphones. That might be an easier way to do it. As well, uh, I might not use a remote stream to view everything. What I could probably do is use a service like Microsoft's Mixer, which has ultra low latency where I could just open up that stream and it would basically be real time because remote desktop has a little bit of overhead. It's a little bit of a pig for computer resources. So that's probably what I would do a little bit differently and just embrace that tech a little bit more as well. There's a few tools where like I can uh, do some hotkeys and stuff on a phone or something else. Again, avoiding the whole remote desktop thing. Some of I remember this episode and I just want to interject a couple of things here. Some of Steven's appearances were very rushed and it it looked cheesy to me as a co-host, but I understood what he was trying to do. He was trying to make it appear like he was on the show when really he couldn't give 100% of his attention to the show. The other thing that I want to point out is doing what Steven did, producing and being on the show is very difficult of trying to get the show going from a producer standpoint and then not actually being in the seat. Today, 
we might have Chris actually produce the show and have Chris doing the switching back and forth and then Steven be able to message Chris behind the scenes and tell him when he's available to be on screen or not. This is all possible today, which wasn't exactly possible when we actually recorded this episode. So I've got a couple more examples today than SP. So I'll go ahead and roll into my second one here and then we'll go to SP after this. Uh, The next one is kind of related, actually, which is why it's good to sister it with this first one. It was me regularly going away for work. In fact, you're probably familiar with this if you have listened to Better Podcasting for a long time because this show was impacted by that. Now, what happened was I was in a position at my work where I was told I was going to have to go on away on a regular basis. Well, I wanted to keep the show going, keep everything continuing on, and I wanted to be able to continue doing multi-track recording while being on the road and doing video production. Quite the challenge when you're living out of a hotel for a week every, you know, five, six weeks sort of thing. But I was determined to make it happen. So what I did in summary was I left my home computer running when I went away, as well as left my hardware like my audio mixer or audio hardware recorder on so that I could remote into my computer, similar to that last story, connect all of the phone calls through this weird way that I do. If you're not familiar, when I record, I have multiple Skype sessions or multiple Discord sessions going with each host that's on the podcast. So that's for this show and the Gonna Geek show. That's kind of how I operate. And then I also found some software that could allow me to control XSplit using buttons on my phone that would essentially act as video switcher hotkeys so that I could really switch scenes and switch the video side of things. So like from the scene that has SP and I both on it to the one with just one of us on it. So that I could just do that in an easy manner rather than having to always pull up remote desktop or whatever. Now, depending on the circumstances or the situations, like if I was going to be in a hotel room that I wasn't too sure about, I would also make sure to heavily communicate with SP and Chris in advance to have some backup solutions. This was so that if I wasn't able to play those audio bumpers that you hear in between segments or I wasn't able to fully do the show, I had a little bit of fallback so that I could delegate some of those duties and we could make sure to still continue live streaming our show. Now, the key part with all of this here, I said I wanted to do multi-track recording. Well, the thing is, when you go away from work, generally, you're the only one going away for work, which was no different in my case. My wife was still at home, and at the time, she wasn't working. So, luckily, I was able to phone her up and ask her to hit record on my audio hardware at home so that I still had that multi-track recording. It started out as the H6, and then eventually it was the L12, but I got it going so that I could end up having her hit record, and I still had those multi-track audio recordings at home. (laughs) One thing I want to interject at this point is that Stephen was worried about power spikes or power outages when he left. So he set up everything before he left. It was all set to go, But if there was a power outage and not everything was on a backup battery, then all of a sudden he'd have to teach his wife how to set everything up via remote. And I think that happened once. I think you got her through it. I did. It wasn't all that easy. So my takeaways on this here was communication was definitely key because I had to communicate with my co-hosts and make sure that they knew about the fallbacks if if it was necessary. And I had to make sure that they came on earlier in these weeks so that we could always test to make sure things were working. Because again, 
I'm on the road. I'm in unknown circumstances. And then with my wife, I obviously had to communicate with her. Now, this was actually really important to communicate with her because there was more than one case where she did have something to do. So what would she do? She'd start the recording before she went out. So sure, on the recording, I'd have an hour of blank space before we actually started, but the recording was going. Of course, I also had to plan to make sure that I brought the necessary road gear, but also make sure I left my system exactly as would work. So I had to leave my audio compressors turned on. I had to leave the power going to my audio mixer or my audio recorder. I had to make sure everything was in place so that it was very straightforward. And then the big key here was as soon as I got into the place that I was, whether I was recording that day or two days later, one of the first things I would do would be to set it all up and give it a quick test to make sure things were going to work. Because again, you're going to a hotel room, who knows what the experience is going to be. And so then if there was a failure, I could co coordinate that with my co-host. If I was to do this a little differently today, because it has been a while since I had to do this, I probably would scrap the multi-track recording concept and I would probably just do like a group Skype NDI call. It would probably be a little bit cleaner. Cross my fingers, hope everybody has recorded their end. And if it fails, just accept the fact that I'm dealing with a single track. I would probably just scrap the multi-track concept for simplicity reasons. Keeping it simple is often the way to get things actually done, especially when you're on the road. The thing is, I forget, you had to wait until you got back to actually do the editing, right? Because the multi-track, you didn't have your wife actually transfer the files to you, right? Actually, what I ended up doing was I had her uh, switch over the proper setting on the H6 and whatnot so that I could download those files. I, I walked her through that as well. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So you basically remoted into your computer and, yeah. and downloaded the files from the... Okay. Got it. Okay. All right. So... Very complicated way Steven does things, but it results in a pretty good quality show. I think for those that have actually watched or listened to Better Podcasting and Gun Geek, you know that the shows are really good. So at least from the production standpoint, I won't stay, say from my standpoint, but from the production standpoint, they're, they're actually pretty good. Let's be honest. From the hosting standpoint, I drag the thing down. Let's be real. I thought I was dragging the thing down. Anyway, <laughs> so, so what we're going to talk about now is one way that I planned to go ahead and and do my show with a different way of doing things. And this actually has happened twice since Better Podcasting has been around. So we'll go over both of them kind of simultaneously because they interrelate with each other. Most of you know, if you're listeners for the last couple of months, actually, at Better Podcasting, that Google Hangouts on Air, which was the way that multiple people could connect and then stream to YouTube Live and then record back and forth, Hangouts on Air was disabled and you could do YouTube live, but it was just from your own personal computer. So there's no way to connect multiple people and then stream on YouTube. Google just wanted to get out of that business. I have to think some of it was bandwidth savings on their part, but mostly it was probably just because the technology was antiquated and they just didn't want to keep up with it. I personally think that they did it to spite USP. Well, it ended up spiting me because it, it was a major pain in the rear end. That's for sure. For those of you that have listened to Better Podcasting since its inception, you know that I was a big fan of Blab back in the day, R.A.P. Blab. But Blab ended in the August 2016 timeframe. So Better Podcasting wasn't even a year old when Blab ended. 
Blab was my introduction, my gateway drug into doing a video show. And it was a technology where up to four people, I think it was just four people could connect and you could have an active chat room on the side. And it was a video recording as well. You could capture the video recording or they had a video recording of it. And I have a bunch of those raw video recordings actually right now. And it was a great way to start to interact with a live streaming video with a live audience. That sunsetted in August 2016. So in both cases, I had to find a new way to do things. In the Blab case, Hangouts and Air was still around in August 2016. It was very easy to flip over to it. I mean, once you've done Blab, Hangouts on Air is kind of a dumbed down version. It doesn't give you everybody on the screen at the same time, doesn't necessarily give you a live chat room, although you can enable that now, but it wasn't the just the same, but you could still do it. It was a no kidding free way to go do it. When Hangouts on Air ended, it was a little bit more difficult switch for me personally. And here's why, for those of you that have been around and I've explained what's happened, I tried to use XSplit in the very same way that Steven was using it, grab NDI feeds from Skype sessions and then throw them into a single stream and recording. And that's the way I was capturing it. So that was going beyond the bandwidth limits that I had available. I mean, I increased my bandwidth limits and to the top that my provider gave me and it still wasn't enough. So what happened is I shut off the recording, it still happened, and there's just no way that I was going to be able to do it. I was taking the streamed recording at that point in time. So not the backup that we love on better podcasting. It was just going to be video recorded either wherever I was streaming. So either on YouTube or Twitch or whatever, I was going to restream.io, going out to Twitch and YouTube and Mixer and everything. But unfortunately, it just wasn't able to happen. So I had to look for another option. So our two options were, we're not going to do the actual video production, or we use a third-party application. I chose StreamYard. Now, StreamYard has a free capability. It's not the best capability at the free level. It's probably actually the best capability at the free level, but it's not the best capability. Why? Because StreamYard puts their logo on there. So first of all, you have a video branded with StreamYard's logo. Okay, I get it. It's free. You're either paying for it with uh, your time or money or the fact that they're advertising their service. Okay, I, I get it. I'm not paying them anything, so they deserve to advertise that. And then the other part is I've actually experienced degraded audio coming back from that a lot more than I think I would have using other services. I think Discord would be a better audio service back and forth, but it's not video. And I think Discord actually is smart there because there's just a whole lot of data going back and forth. So anyway, I chose to go StreamYard. It's working so far. So I really enjoy being able to use StreamYard and keep the show available. And honestly, we had a discussion. Do we want to keep the show going live? Because it's a talking head podcast. And if you don't have a lot of interaction, live people in the chat room, whatever, it's like, well, why are we doing this is a question. And plus, it's a lot of extra effort for me to actually edit the show. So it came down to, okay, why are we doing this? And a couple of us have family members. It's that's how they actually consume the podcast. So we're like, okay, we'll keep doing it for the family members and the uh, listeners and viewers that actually watch it. But let's be honest here too, by the way, SP. It's a talking head podcast, but really 
with the content that you've got in there, really, it's sort of a once in a lifetime thing. Someone somewhere will get that reference. Okay. So some of the takeaways is that the StreamYard logo branding is there. So I talked about that. We have to deal with it. The other thing is that the recording would only be what is actually streamed out to wherever we're streaming. And it's only one place that we're streaming. It's not that you don't have the capability to stream to multiple sources like you do on the paid version, because you don't. You can only stream to one singular version. So you can choose Twitch, YouTube, Mixer, one of those. And I choose YouTube because that's where it is. So the recording is just on YouTube. I'm also streaming the audio on Spreaker, so I have that as backup as well. But really, it really depends on the multi-ended recordings, the local recordings at each individual place in order to get the highest quality recording. So you don't really have a fallback either at this point, other than what I would do differently. I might try OBS because with XSplit, it seems to be a little bit more of a resource hog on the computer itself, but that wasn't where the problem lied because I was viewing my resources. It was fine. It was actually the bandwidth. I don't know if OBS would deal with the bandwidth differently or not. And ideally, I would get higher bandwidth like Steven has so he can handle all these streams back and forth. I just didn't have enough. So yeah, if I would do things differently, I would better bandwidth. I just can't. I have the most bandwidth I can buy in my area. And I realize that different people are living in different parts of the country that you simply don't have the high bandwidth that you can have in some of the major population centers. And the other thing is this could change with time. We're pretty sure right now it's a bit of a limitation with the handling of how Skype is sending streams in the background. For all we know, they might change that and it could grossly use less bandwidth. We're pretty sure it's something tied to how it's handling the NDI streams. All right, moving on to my next point here. This one's called Post-Convention Podcast. What? As I mentioned before, many, many moons ago, I did a comic book podcast, and one of my co-hosts was a die-hard comic book fan. He loved to attend a variety of comic book conventions. Now, we're not just talking those major big conventions like SDCC. No, we're talking even the small ones. And one of the big things that made our website and podcast stand out compared to some other comic book coverage out there was that we focused a lot on the smaller guys, also the indie comics, things like that. Not just the big two companies, Marvel and DC. No, we focused on some of the small ones. And as such, a lot of those comic book conventions, those small ones, fit really well into the material of things we wanted to talk about on the podcast. Now, my co-host had attended a convention that he really wanted to talk about on the show. It was going to be really good content. But the challenge was that his schedule after this convention wasn't really going to line up with a time that we could try to do convention coverage from a studio situation. It was something that I think he was going away for vacation or he was able to attend this because he was on vacation I don't remember the exact circumstances. I just knew that we weren't going to be able to do that. And if we waited, it was going to be way too late. So what we wanted to do was sacrifice audio quality for content. So we came up this with this way that we could do this. And again, this was many, many years ago. And what we decided to do was keep it simple. At the time, we had a call-in number for there. And the way we did that was through Skype through using the online number services, which meant I could make 
phone calls through Skype and have them recorded through my usual podcast flow that I was used to working with because I was using Skype to make the phone call. And that's what we did. We phoned each other. Uh, I phoned from Skype. He was on his actual phone. And we sacrificed audio quality so that we could get that post-convention debrief done. And we actually got a lot of positive feedback about that because, again, that sort of content fit really well to the project we were doing at the time. My big takeaway on this was that we made the conscious decision that content was far more important than audio quality at the time. This was also pre-kids for me. And so I told my co-host, you let me know whenever you're done that convention and I'll be free. And I made myself free so that I could do that. Just because the exact timing of when he was going to be able to leave that convention to talk to me was a little bit fluid. And before the recording, we had a brief discussion about what exactly we wanted to sort of take that discussion, whether we wanted to be more interview style, more casual, so that we could set the expectations so that when we started on the phone, we had a bit of an idea of where we wanted to go. Now, this was important because if you've ever podcast outside of your usual parameters, you know it's a little uncomfortable. It's a little awkward. So if you can have a little familiarity, a little bit of an idea of where you want to go, it kind of reels back that discomfort a bit. And I also remember having two recordings going. I had one on my Skype box and also one on my main box so that if something went wrong, I ended up having a backup so that uh, because he wasn't able to record his end. Basically, I wanted to make sure that that was covered. Now, what would I do differently if this was today? Well, number one, technology has grossly advanced. I would do whatever I could to make a ultra portable non-phone call podcast setup. This could be as simple as using a Samsung Q2U into a phone. I'm not going to go too far into that. We'll leave that for a little bit later. But really, that's about it. Uh, There's so much portable technology. There's adapters that a company uh, called IK Media makes. There's a variety of ways that you can get decent audio into your cell phone. And that's probably what I would do. At the very least, try to get good quality audio into Skype so that it wasn't a phone call. SP, what do you got next? Oddly enough, it's very similar. So set your Wayback Machine, set the time dial on the DeLorean to July 2014. This is before better podcasting, similar to your standpoint there, your story that you just told. I took a family vacation. We went to the beach and the condo that we rented had free Wi-Fi, but it was ridiculously slow. You get that even today. You go to some hotels and the Wi-Fi just isn't there or they throttle the Wi-Fi so you can't get that video call back and forth or whatever. So once I got there, I kind of knew this might happen. So I had come prepared. I prepared to podcast through my Samsung Note 3. Yeah, that's how old this is. Samsung Note 3. How old the story is, they're at what, 11 now, I think? Note 11, note 10 at least. I don't know. I don't keep track of the notes anymore. Anyway, some of the takeaways here that I podcasted with is uh, I used the 3.5 millimeter jack. That that was the adapter that I used back then. Steven was just talking about adapters. And for those of you that are watching on the video side of things, you will see a picture of the setup because I thought it was neat. This is this was me podcasting without a computer. I had my Zoom H6, which was the first 
recorder that I had purchased at the time. I would take my Zoom H5 now, but I had my Zoom H6. I had the audio coming out to the phone into a DI box because I needed a ground loop isolator. And then that went into the H6. And then I used my Audio-Technica AT2005. I still take it on trips even today. And I used the XLR into the H6 and I used the USB into the Note 3, which caught the audio coming into it. So it was all great. It was all good. I podcasted without a computer. I thought it was amazing that I was able to do this back then. And in July 2014, I don't think too many people were actually podcasting this way. And now today, the way things are, you can take the Audio-Technica AT2005, you can take the Samsung Q2U, which Stephen alluded to, which I used the last couple of times I was on the road, and you could do it that way. I'll vouch for you too, by the way, on this SP, because I remember you did this and you shared this with a, a bunch of people, and I remember there being crickets. And then later, people were like, wait a minute, I think SP mentioned something about this, so I'll vouch for you. <laughs> So the other thing that I want to point out in the picture, if you happen to see it on the YouTube side of things, I had my Surface tablet, my Microsoft Surface tablet, and this is a Surface RT, so it's one of the first ones. And uh, yeah, it's a brick right now. I, I can't believe it was still in my office. So yeah, I would definitely update that. But what I would do differently, first of all, I would not have podcasted on vacation. Part of the reason that I did, by the way, is I have skin issues for those that were watching better podcasting last fall. You noticed that I did not grow a beard. There was a reason for that. I had some skin issues that I was working through the appropriate medical care for. And so I try to stay out of the sun as much as I can, which I know is kind of uh, ironic because I want to live on a sailboat, but we'll see how that works. I'm, I might not be able to live on a sailboat because of that, but I was in the hotel room probably far too long. And if you're on a family vacation, focus on the family vacation. Don't focus on producing a hobby podcast. You're just doing a hobby podcast. Don't worry about it. You can come back to it later. I do have the smaller H5 now, but if I was really going to do this on a routine basis today, I would step skip a lot of steps and I would get a Sound Devices Mix Pre 3, which has an automatic mix minus coming in and out of the USB. And the USB would just go automatically into whatever mobile device that I was using. So there are gear available today that wasn't available in 2014 that would make this slimmer, more mobile and a heck of a lot easier to do. My next one that I've got here is all about getting out of a den. Say what? This is way back to my early days of podcasting. This was my first ever podcast that I did. Now we, like many podcasters do, shoved ourselves into a small den. Yes, there was three of us podcasting in person. But we found out that a local radio personality was listening to our podcast and liked our podcast and regularly interacted with us. So we thought, let's go ahead and invite them on. And they said yes. So this was shocking because they were they said yes to us, us little podcast, big radio personality way back when. And they said yes. But the problem was that there was not enough room for four people really in that den comfortably. We were kind of sardining ourselves in a little bit with three as it was. So what was it going to do to solve this problem? Well, luckily, my wife, well, at the time, my fiance was out of town for some reason. Maybe she didn't want to see him. I don't know. Maybe she had other things going on. I believe it was the latter, but we can use our imaginations to whatever we want. 
And so what I did was what any good podcaster that was living the bachelor life for a weekend would do. I moved all of my podcast stuff into the kitchen. Yes, the dining room table was full of all of my podcast gear. Now, remember, this was way back when. So there was an audio mixer. There was a full tower computer, multiple microphones, headphones, audio splitters, not audio amplifier. It was several audio splitters, whole bunch of other random things that I used to cobble together my first podcast setup. I moved it out to the bigger space of the dining area, which in a two bedroom or a two bedroom suite, it really is a kitchen slash dining area altogether. Now, my takeaway from this was that I made a little more personal sacrifice for the good of my podcast. It was quite a bit of work to take all these things down, set them up, and then when I was done, put them all back. Now, you might be saying, Stephen, did you really have to do all of that so that you would gain a little bit more elbow room? Well, picture this. Let's say we could get four people into a den. You've got a computer that's up against a wall. How exactly are you facing each other? And this was honestly one of the biggest wins that we had from doing this because now we're dealing with a dining room table, four people sitting on each side of the table, essentially a circle of people talking, and it worked great for engagement. Again, we've never podcasted with this person before, so we didn't know their verbal cues or what it would be like if they were going to talk and whatnot. So being able to maintain eye contact with everybody easily at one time was a huge, huge win. So absolutely, I think it, it was worth it to put ourselves in a more comfortable space to podcast. But what would I do differently if it was today? Well, in an in-person scenario like this, there's a lot more equipment available. If I'm lucky enough, like I am, to have a Zoom L12 or a Rodecaster Pro, that would be so much faster to set up. You set that on the table, assuming you're not doing video, you hook up some microphones, it's got headphone amplifiers, and you're plugged in and off to the races in no time. So absolutely, I would still plan to move myself into a more comfortable space, but with the technology available now, it would be a much easier process. And even easier, I would report with the Zoom L8 as it comes out because you don't have to plug it in. So you're not tethered to a wall for power, but we digress. We talked about that a couple of weeks ago. My next and final story that I'm going to tell happened this week. I had to work late. It happens. Unless you're winning the lottery, you're working and you're doing a hobby podcast. It's just been one of those weeks. Work was a mess, required me to put in a lot of extra hours, and I worked over the time that I was supposed to record on Starling Tribune just last night. But quite frankly, because of that, I just wasn't in the mindset to podcast. Matter of fact, I had to reset my mind this afternoon to be able to podcast today on Better Podcasting. So in truth, it's not all Steven this week. It was also me. I mean, it would have gone on Wednesday, but it would have been a little bit different for me to get in the mindset. In the end, it didn't matter. The Better Podcasting co-host called in sick. So that guy that he is, he just you know took a sick day. And so we're doing the show today instead on a Friday. Uh, the Starling Tribune co-hosts actually couldn't go either. On Starling Tribune, we're lucky enough to have three co-hosts. We're also lucky enough to be part of the Gunna Geek Network. And if we need to bring on somebody else that has watched the Arrow show that we are podcasting on this week, I would have been able to bring somebody on. But the thing was, the other two co-hosts could go either because of illness and working late as well. So guess what? 
we just called it off. We didn't have a Starling Tribune podcast this week. And the good news is that there's not an episode of Arrow next week. So we actually don't miss an episode of Arrow. I mean, if that was going to happen, I would have probably done a solo podcast and I would have thrown it up, but we didn't have to do it. This happens. So some of the takeaways that I want to talk about is sometimes you just got to take a night off as a hobby podcaster. As I mentioned before, with the Voice of Defiance story where I was podcasting from the condo at the beach, I wouldn't do that anymore. I would just go without it. I want to give an example that I know of within the last month. Bandrew Scott took two weeks off in a row from his Bandrew Says podcast. Now, why, you ask? Number one, the first week, he just didn't have enough news to podcast about. He's like, I'm not going to put a podcast out just to put a podcast out when there's nothing to actually talk about. So he took a week off. The second week, he was busy doing another project, which happens to be the 14 microphone review that we talked about last week with all of the broadcast large dynamic microphones that he had. And that was actually a big bonus for him, too. So he took those two weeks off and then he came back to the podcast and he's just been on fire the last couple of weeks. When it comes down to it as a hobby podcaster, take a week off. Don't force it. Don't feel like you have to force it. I know you're going to feel that way. You're like, oh, I have to be consistent. I have to get that podcast out, especially if you've been podcasting every week, week after week after week. Take a week off. You're not going to regret it. What would I do differently? I would win the lottery so I don't have to work. And uh, perhaps I would have called other network members to take over the show. In this particular case, I didn't have to because, like I said, Arrow has a week off. So we're able to catch up with the show. All right, let's go to my last one here. And this is the one that some of the live viewers and uh, audio speaker stream listeners might have heard. But I'll share it on here for everybody else. This one is all about podcasting while your wife is giving birth. What? Okay, maybe not that extreme, not that extreme, but my wife was about to give birth to our child and I decided instead to create a podcast. What? It went over great. He's still married, folks. He's still married. <laughs> For now. Uh, the summary, no, the summary of this one was at the time I was doing a podcast, which was audio only, but I was recording it on my end primarily with the people that I was podcasting with using my hardware. And my wife was pregnant and we knew that she was going to be induced. For those of you not familiar with what that term is, essentially it means forcing the baby to start coming out. That's what it means. That's what inducing is. So let's say that I that we were recording this on a Monday. I don't remember what day it was that we actually recorded this on. Well, my wife was supposed to be induced on the Tuesday. So I arranged that I would do one last show on the Monday and then take a little bit of time off and enjoy the baby life. So what happened was we we're going to do the show on Monday with a guest, I believe it was. Yes, it was a guest, actually. Uh, and I ended up getting a call on Monday saying they're bringing my wife in to be induced. What? So there's a mix up with the day somehow, and they ended up deciding to bring her in on the Monday. So the long story short of it was that our appointment time to come in to start the process. Keep in mind, this is coming in to start the product process. They give uh, medication or something like that. I don't remember. It was so long ago. It was around the time they were going to start recording. So what I said I would do would be to remote in from the hospital room and hit record. Wasn't having any part of actually participating, but I was at least bridging the call and hitting record so that I had that recording going with the guest. Now, 
What was the takeaway from this? Well, I actually went and pulled that raw audio from this recording and I determined that yes, there was a guest in there. I confirmed that was the case, but I also determined that we had a backup recording. And so I had them recording on their end, but I also had a recording going on my end, obviously. And part of it was because we were going to have a guest on there and it would take away, make sure you have backup recordings because obviously I wasn't monitoring this live as I was in the hospital room. Secondly, I also wanted to ensure that the guest was going to be there on time and everything. So I ended up making sure the ahead of time, email the guest and make sure they were all in line to connect and said that I wasn't going to be there. And ahead of time, I made sure to communicate with my co-host that I wasn't going to be able to talk or listen to the call. So basically make sure all the tech gremlins are out of the system early. Now, what would I do differently if I was going to do this? Well, with today's technology, I would handle things a little bit differently. And I think what I'll do is just read an excerpt that I heard because I'm not going to play the audio because it no. wasn't very clean. It wasn't very clean. Not suitable for work. Host one says, because Steven just kind of remoted in to hit record. So if something happens to his computer, he's not at home to fix it. This was in relation to making sure that backup recording was going. Host two says, he's like having a baby right now, isn't he? Host one says, what the blank is he thinking? And the guest host says, his wife is doing all of that. So yes. Summary of that is what was I thinking? <laughs> I don't know. If I was to do it all again, I think I would just say you're on your own. Figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. So again, you have to go back to the time frame that this was in. So this was what? The 2008 time frame, 2009 time frame, Stephen? So, no, 2000, so, 2000. Yeah, I think somewhere around there. I'm some, not. Some, so it's early in podcasting days and a lot of people were thinking of making money with podcasting back then. So it was a little bit more high pressure than it would be today. Like today, it's a no brainer. You're having a baby. You don't podcast back then. I, I could kind of see it from if you wanted to ever monetize the show, but still your wife's having a baby, dude. She had a baby like in the hospital, in labor. Now, again, in all fairness, the appointment time to get things even started was at the time of recording. So it's not like the baby was happening right there and then. Uh, and also, it's a really cool story I can tell now. And also, uh, if she ever wants, she can hold it over me for all of eternity. I think she has. And if she hasn't, if she's forgotten, she needs to remember this. So I will uh, be texting your wife later tonight and say, remember. <laughs> so we just wanted to share today some of these stories of how we prepared, uh, even if it was very little preparation as you were getting called to the ER, uh, to podcast and get things going so that you can have a bit of idea of how some things have changed, but how you can also apply some strategy to your podcast to keep it going if you really want to keep the podcast going in challenging circumstances. If you have a story like this, we would love to revisit this with your stories. Get in touch with us through any of the ways we would love to hear from you. You can email us podcast at betterpodcasting.com. You can come to our Discord server at betterpodcasting.com slash Discord or hit us up on Twitter. It's twitter.com slash betterpod, but we really would like it if you'd send us a video clip because we do have a full video companion of this show. 
access the better podcasting download. For our download today, we're going to be talking about an important topic for all of hobby podcasters that use music in their podcasts. And this is so important that I'm just going to read the press release, which came out on the 24th of October, 2019 to everybody. It's a topic that we've discussed before, but this is reality, folks. This is what's happening today. And the title of the press release was PEX adds Apple podcasts to its content identification capabilities. I'm going to read the press release in its entirety so you can hear what's going on. Quote, music is an integral part of podcasts. And as podcasting takes off as a format, knowing what music happens where will be increasingly important for rights holders. That's why PEX has added podcasts to the dozens of online audio and video platforms and services it already scans for its clients. As of today, PEX will be able to find musical works and audio snippets as short as a half second in all podcasts uploaded to Apple Podcasts. With an estimated 750,000 podcasts out there and an audience of 62 million weekly podcast listeners in the U.S. alone, podcasts are a vital piece of music rights holders' asset management puzzle. One PEX can help them track. PEX uses its powerful fingerprinting technology to detect its clients' audio files, tracking billions of pieces of content across the internet. It can find a match even when the copy is distorted or very short. It allows rights holders to see exactly how and where music is being used and thus to address any uses that are not adequately licensed or fair use. Hex already finds and flags audio and video assets on several dozen social apps and video platforms from TikTok to YouTube. As audio formats gain popularity thanks to new devices and offerings, Hex wants rights holders to be able to monitor these formats and make good decisions for their business. Podcasts are increasingly professionalized, monetized, and ad-driven, and music rights holders should be part of the conversation when their assets are being used. Unquote. Steven. This is major. So if you've ever used like four seconds of a song or a video in your show, even when it's distorted, you think you can get away with it because fair use, because you're talking about it. Not so much. You know, this is something that people have been saying for a while was eventually going to come. And it makes sense because YouTube's had this sort of thing for a long time. Content ID. Facebook does as well. Although sometimes... Both of those are a little bit incorrect, and we'll leave that at that. But this is something that's going to continue to evolve. Content ID is becoming so much faster. If you think even about the evolution of those apps that you use to identify music, they are night and day different from where they first started a handful of years ago. As content ID evolves, it gets faster and quicker and better. You're going to see more and more of these things happen. Now, in the chat over at Geeks.Live, as we we're recording this, we do have Damien, the DM, pointing out that the press release says uploaded to Apple Podcasts. Okay, I, I get what they're trying to say. I get why it's technically incorrect, but we get we get the gist of what they are trying to say here. Is basically, they're going to start scanning some of the podcasts that are indexed in the Apple Podcasts catalog. Very interesting to see, and I don't think this is the end of this by any means, and I think we're going to see more and more companies doing this. SP, 
I am so, so sorry that you're going to have to take down that Canadian folk music from your podcast that you used. I'm sorry. Yeah, between that and the Edmonds Fitzgerald ballot, I'm just going to be sucking hind wind there. Well, let's go ahead and move on to the Better Podback. This is where we here at Better Podcasting turn the show over to you as we run through some of your feedback. We call this segment Better Podback. It's a very short, better pod back this week, but it's one that we wanted to highlight. Uh, if you missed this a couple of weeks ago, towards the end of the show, SP called me out for using the term, get the ball rolling. He, he called me out. He said that I couldn't use it. He said it wasn't correct. He came up with some reason why, but you've affected the people, SP. You have affected them. So go ahead and tell us what we had. Affected or infected? Anyway, on our Discord server, we had user A.L. AL Morrill, who, by the way, is Amanda from the Up To Your Ears podcast. She said, ever since I heard the most recent episode of Better Podcasting, I've been trying to use different phrases instead of, quote, get the ball rolling, unquote. Get the puck sliding, get the cue chalking, get the horses saddled. And then it just devolved from there. Waffles responded saying, moving forward, I would like to get the ball rolling on getting more synergy between my shows and others. So he's stoking the fire, stoking it. Zachary Webb replied with, get the maple syrup guzzling. And it continued. So we have a lot of really good tech talk and podcast talk in the Better Podcasting Discord server. But I wanted to highlight this because we also have fun. You got to have fun in your podcast. We've said it before. You're a hobby podcaster. Have fun. Come over to the Gunna Geek Discord server at betterpodcasting.com slash discord because sometimes it's just a little fun conversation like this that keeps you motivated and gets you back in a fun mood. So come over. That's betterpodcasting.com slash discord. Thanks for checking out today's show. Before we wrap up, I'll remind you we're part of the Gunna Geek Network. The Gunna Geek Network has a bunch of awesome geeky content. You should definitely check that out, including perhaps a new member that you've by the time this releases, you can go ahead and check out. But we will leave that a mystery for the live viewers. Come on over to gunnageek.com and check out all of that geeky content. SP, anything final you want to say here? Had a great time this week. I know I kidded Stephen quite a bit about the slip of recording to Friday from Wednesday. But hey, we're just glad to get a show in. I really enjoyed this week and we hope to see you next week. If you have a podcasting question, let us know. For episode 206 of Better Podcasting, I'm Stephen John Drew saying maybe my full voice will return next week. Either that or maybe I'll hit puberty. And I'm SP saying keep your hobby podcast fun. See you guys next week. Bye. See ya. Thanks for checking out another episode of Better Podcasting. You can find the full back catalog of Better Podcasting at betterpodcasting.com. If you're into geeky podcasts, please check out the other podcasts on the Gunna Geek Network at gunnageeknetwork.com. This show was produced and edited by Stephen John Drew of Gunna Geek Productions. Voice work was done by L.W. Salinas. Thanks again for listening or watching, and we hope to see you again next week.